Welcome to the Sovereign Goddess Podcast, conversations with spiritual teachers and thought leaders to help empower women to honor all facets of her human experience through vulnerability, compassion, and authenticity. Through spiritual principles, self-care, and ritual, we are gathered here to be the light we wish to see in the world as we inspire the rise of authentic feminine leadership. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, creative soul behind Shamanessa Godessa, and here I'll be sharing with you personal insights as well as authentic conversations with modern medicine women and entrepreneurs alike to inspire you to stay true to your soul by embracing and unleashing your inner wild women as you embark on your journey to help serve the highest good. We are here to support you as you go forth and share your medicine with the world. If you've enjoyed this conversation, subscribe to the Sovereign Goddess podcast channel and leave a review. Keep up with your Sovereign Sisters by using our hashtag Sovereign Goddess. I invite you to connect with me on Instagram at Shamanessa Godessa. If you're hearing the call and are ready to thrive, join the Sovereign Sisterhood by visiting sabrinariccio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Sovereign Goddess Podcast, conversations with medicine women and entrepreneurs alike to help you create your queendom with grace. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and I'm actually so, I'm so excited to talk about this episode because it's been something that has really um, sparked interest in my life over the years, and I know a lot of my girlfriends are always talking about it, and they want to know what's the sitch. So I'm super excited to have with us today Jillian Anderson. Um, She's a sacred sexuality and priestess coach who focuses on ancestral healing for the next level love and pleasure. Her mission is to help women feel turned on by their lives by breaking through self-imposed limitations and unleashing their soul desires. She's known for her work teaching women the Taoist Jade Jade Egg practice for sexual empowerment and spiritual vitality. Her greatest fulfillment comes from witnessing a woman become the powerful and magnetic creatrix she is. Yes, slay girl. Thank you so much for having for having us and for being here and allowing us to have this conversation. There's so many like awesome things we get to talk about. How's it going? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Uh, so awesome. Okay, so before we dive in deep, I just want you to explain or talk about the work that you do and what really um, allowed you to find this as your dharma and your life's purpose to really go ahead and help empower women to, you know, transcend their self-sabotage and clear their wombs and help the that ancestral karma. Yeah, awesome. I There's a lot of things that led up to this and I'm sure as sure with each conversation with another woman you find that it's there's so many layers um but I was raised Roman Catholic and that was the beginning of it was this um this religious upbringing that uh, like so many of us receive the messages either from the culture or from our families um, that women are the second sex that we are, you know, secondary and that we are companions and that yada, yada, that whole thing about, you know, the dynamic between women and men. And so that was the beginning of, I I raged against it internally as a child. I knew that I was the conduit for God, for spirit, for 
creator, I knew, you know, early on that the whole thing was, was just this false reality that I was in and that it was suppressing, you know, my identity, uh, and, and especially sexually. So, you know, being raised in the environment that I was, it was, um, you know, that virgin whore spectrum, you know, the girls in Catholic and in the church, like you either went one way or you went the other, you know, and (laughs) yeah, I was laughing because I was raised with that same Catholic, like crazy dogma. So it's just like triggering right now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I, yeah, there was a lot of that. And so much has happened since then, but I was just looking at my um, astrological, my needle chart again the other day, and I was looking at Chiron, and I wanted to learn more about Chiron, and I guess Chiron is like the wounded healer, and I'm not an astrologer, but I, you know, I learn, you know, here and there, and I love it, but um, my Chiron is in, like, religious stuff and I don't know it was interesting because it was talking about my wound is like this religious dogma and I didn't realize it it's like oh I knew but oh yeah I had that as a child and and so our childhood sets us up for these you know these lessons and so that we can really step into our dharma and our purpose and so that was part of my um part of my path was to step into this religious suppression around sexuality and and being a woman so interesting well it's what there's so many like parallels between you and I and it's so funny I was just at my friend's house and I went to Catholic school for eight years and she lives right across the street from my old like Catholic school and so I was just like doing work over there like taking photos for like a new product launch that I'm doing and it was just and now having this conversation after like being in that energy for like the past three hours it's such a trip to me and I think uh you know, it's so interesting what you're talking about. It's like, you know, having that Chiron and dealing with your religious things. And then you're also dealing a lot of womb clearing. So, I mean, there's a lot of that stuff that's stuck between that, that sacral chakra. It's a lot of that developmental, those, those ages. So it only makes, it only makes sense. Like the stars don't lie, you know what I mean? And it's like, we are all stardust and that is really, um, an indicator of our purpose and the work we're supposed to do. So um, I wanted you to talk a little bit about like your womb clearing then and like how you, what was like, when did you start really diving in deep and when was like, oh, wow, I'm onto something here. Like, I think I've, I've found this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So funny. I, uh, when I was like two or three years old, I was at my aunt's wedding and I ran from the pew and ran onto the altar and sat in the priest chair. Like I, wow. I was like, priestess. Yes, <laughs> priestess. and my aunt, she tells me the story every year. And so I have this story that I've just been hearing, you know, I don't necessarily remember it, but yeah. So I, it's, it's been, um, a journey and, I would say I started to clear my womb when I was like 17, 18, and I didn't really know what I was doing, but I started, I got off hormonal birth control. And that's the first step for, you know, so many women is to get off this stuff that 
separates you from your natural menstrual cycle and your natural rhythms and really tune back into, you know, your body as the way Gaia intended. And so I started clearing my womb then, and that was really an important step for me. And it was huge because my mother had really erratic cycles and she was like volcanic. And, um, we actually, I thought I was doomed, right. To be a woman meant I was doomed. I was going to be an evil person, you know, for a week out of every month. And that I was going to just explode in anger and all these things. And, um, so I started to dissect, like, what is PMS? What's going on, you know, before a period, then what goes on? Like, I picked up all the books and, and books fell off the shelves and like just, you know, before me and I started following this trail of like how to really separate myself from the women in my family line. Like, was I going to be just like these women that I was around or was I my own woman? Was I my own person? Could I make the rules? Could I be, um, you know, a peaceful person and still have a menstrual cycle and, you know, all this stuff. So it really started at that age, got off birth control, started to heal my mom's stuff. Um, and that's been, you know, cyclical. So I come back through those different lessons with my mom. And, um, and then I actually, I was in college. I was an English major and I, I stopped going and became a healer. And then that was just a, like a calling, like a pull. I went to school for massage. And the next thing you know, it was energy work and body work. And the next thing you know, it was um, the Arvigo technique of my abdominal massage. And I was doing um, womb massage and um, helping women to release painful traumas from their wombs by, by physical touch or by energy work. And um, that's where I really found my that's really, I found my energy. Uh, that's really, I really found my spiritual connection. I think is through that, through that entrance into body work and energy healing and massage. And, and then it just continued and it continued and I continued to learn and add things to my, to my toolbox. And the most recent, um, is the jade egg practice, which when I took my work online, I was, you know, how can I continue to help women with their womb with their womb space, with their root and sacral chakras. And it just aligned where I began to teach the jade egg practice and um, an obsidian practice too. And we're also bringing in um, rose quartz. So we're, we're expanding and yeah, yeah. It's just been one step to the next. It's a journey. And it's like, as you continue to like go down one part of it, you end up like learning more and you're like the, depending on what you're needing at that time or cause you're to teach is to demonstrate. So it's like you, you're demonstrating through your own life's experience and like being able to teach. And then you can't like, I know with me, like I can't really talk about things or like write about things unless I've personally experienced it. And there's so many things that, you know, you just talked about now, like the birth control, like it drives me crazy hearing women being like, oh, I have this like birth control where I don't get my periods. And it's like so unhealthy, you know, and there's just this like such a negative kind, a lot of a stigma with a lot of people who aren't really awake and like aware of their bodies. Like there's a reason why we have these cycles. And I know with me, like when I'm on my, when I'm on my cycle, it's like, I'm using that intention to like release a lot. And I'm using that intention to like 
hone in and to nurture myself and to honor myself. And it's like so much of that womb healing. And it's like, I know, um, over the few past few years, like about the four years now, a lot of my focus has been womb healing and healing, um, my ancestral karma because I feel I don't want my kids to have to go through that same pain or have that same kind of stuck stagnant energy um, like I had from my family and I come from like a line of like my mom's first generation American. So there's all, there's a whole stigma of like, that my grandma brought of like worrisome and fear and like, you know, like the world against you kind of thing. Like her thing she would always say is like, Oh, it's danger out there. So I grew up with this like belief that, Oh, the world's dangerous. Cause like anytime I'd say bye, she's like, Oh, don't be careful. It's danger out there. And so I know like with her passing, there's been a lot of that clearing. And I think a lot more women are wanting to connect with that sense. And they really want to be able to reclaim their sovereignty from their own line, their own lineage, and like really shift on that DNA kind of um, healing that we can do with these practices. And um, I know like I've used a yoni egg for like uh, probably like well over a year now. And uh, my favorite's in the bathtub because like I'll crystal grid my whole bathtub. I have a labradorite egg. So I'm like super psychic going in there. And, um, I know it's helped me like really tap in and to heal and to be the psychic within my own self. And like, what parts of me do I, can I be the alchemist and like shift that perception from fear to love? So I just wanted you to talk a little bit about like the history of the yoni egg and why we use them and how they can really help benefit us because a lot of people are like freaked out like you want me to put a crystal where it's like that's like so like like crazy i don't know if i was like telling my family oh yeah like i do like a lot of my family is still very like dogmatic catholic so it's like oh yeah i'm putting like crystals on my vagina and it's like helping me they'd be like this bitch has lost her mind but it's like it is what it is and i mean it's helping like I'm seeing I, that's been my whole thing is like reclaiming my femininity because I've been so masculine like being a Gemini and now I have this yoni egg practice so I just want you to talk a little bit about yoni eggs so I just don't sound crazy that I'm putting like crystals on my vagina and <laughs> people get a better grasp as to like why you know why these people have been doing it for like traditions and generations and now it's making a comeback yeah. Wow. It's, uh, it's an incredible practice. And I come from the same type of family that is probably still shocked when they see some of my posts. Like, you know, it's so funny because this is a practice that every woman, I believe that every woman should have. It is so incredible what we, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so if you haven't interacted with your yoni, your vulva, through the jade egg practice and and in many other ways it's like a wellspring of creative energy and healing energy and and knowing intuition and knowing and so the jade egg practice has been around for centuries a long long time and the women of the far east would use the jade egg to connect to their sexual energy but to transmute their sexual energy into spiritual energy and so the women were said to you know and the women that were using the jade egg were actually royal women so it was it was within the royal families um and the women were said to rule from behind closed doors yes. and so yeah and so it's like that 
window into like the power of woman, but woman wasn't up front yet. Like women were like the oracles behind the scenes and, you know, there was a lot not... They were like inferior, like the inferior gender, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, women were using the practice to transmute their sexual energy into spiritual energy. And there's a lot of reasons to use a jade egg. For instance, you can use a jade egg to um, enhance your orgasms. You can use a jade egg to um, heal numbness or tension or pain or heal trauma. You can use a jade egg to heal postpartum because there's not postpartum care in this culture is I know it's lacking they just (sighs) there's still women are being cut open routinely for episiotomy and it's and it's less and less and less as we become more awake and aware and demand what we want but women aren't really they're just you know sent off with the baby and they're not really given tools to correct or to heal their pelvic floor and it's vital because we lose our life force energy from the pelvic bowl. And in, in yoga, you know, um, mulabandha, right? Those those root blocks. Mm-hmm. That's the foundation for our spiritual energy. And if we have an open pelvic floor and a weak pelvic floor, we're losing our life force vitality. Our organs are suffering because of it. Our, you know, and I went through this when my son was born. I was like so depleted. And I was depleted energetically and financially and physically. And I my I was getting all these wrinkles and everything. I was like, what is happening to me? I was getting younger. Now I'm like really depleted here. And so I went right to the root. I went right to my pelvic floor because I knew I had this opening there and that I was losing energy. And so... So you can use it to heal after a childbirth, or you can use it to, like I was saying, my favorite use is the spiritual use, is to take your sexual energy and to channel it and move it through your body system in what's called the microcosmic orbit. And in Kundalini Yoga, you would be more familiar with uh, Aida, Pingala, and Shishumna, mm-hmm. the, the channel. You know, you move your energy, your sexual energy up through the chakras, up through the spine, and you nourish your system, and you revitalize your body, and you... there's just so many breakthroughs that happen when you, when you are your own medicine like that, when your actual energy is your medicine, it's incredible. So the jade egg is a tool to really be able to channel your sexual energy. And once you've really gotten into your jade practice or your yoni egg practice, you can actually more powerfully move your sexual energy with or without a jade egg. Mm -hmm. It really gets you used to moving, moving that energy because it's it needs to move up and I mean that's the biggest thing about kundalini yoga it's like after you're doing these meditations and these poses I say lock lock mul bond so that's your sex organs your rectum and your low belly so you're allowing yourself because the kundalini energy is stored at the root chakra too and so like as after you're doing all these like crazy exercises and breath works you allow yourself to tighten and hold and visualize you know that energy just rising up and out because that's part of the healing and that's why people feel so high after taking a Kundalini yoga class and they come out and they're like, I need to ground or like, Whoa, like, you know, like that was a trip. It's because that same thing, it's like that, that vital life force. And that's what the Kundalini is, is this beautiful, is this life force. And I think what we have to be careful too, is having like a healthy Kundalini awakening, because I think a lot of that comes from if there's trauma in the body and in the womb, that's when there's a lot of that, kind of like uneasement and like 
the paranoia and like kind of like the schizophrenic because you're tapping into that that spiritual energy that you may not really um, be aware of beforehand. So I know I that was my like I had a really intense Kundalini awakening that um, it was like really traumatic for me, but it was because I had so much years and years and years of repressed trauma, definitely in my womb from like, I like the self-sabotage and from the ancestral karma and from the years and years of dogma, like growing up Catholic and having to like repress my sexuality and my sensuality. And, um, I think the biggest thing too, um, is about, we need to, a lot of people like are afraid of like being their sensual sexual self because they're like afraid of like the misogyny and like, you know, and that's been part of healing that, um, that feminine energy and that feminine essence of like being soft and gentle, but also being very intuitive. So the fact that this yoni egg helps us connect to our intuition and helps us create something that's in alignment with spirit and alignment with intuition I feel like that's why it's really making a comeback right now as we see this rise of feminine leadership. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, our wombs talk, our yonis talk, our bodies talk to us. Every single part of our body is speaking and it's a matter of really listening. You know, you can feel immediately, for instance, if you're like, say you're making a financial decision or, um, or you want to set down a healthy boundary or something, you can feel immediately there's activity in your, you know, your womb space or your pelvic bowl. And you'll either feel like, and this is if you are tapped in, if you're numbed out and you haven't really open that area, you won't feel as much, but you can feel an immediate yes or no Mm -hmm. in that area. Or like, I need a boundary here. Or, you know, it's a really amazing what happens when we, when we shift into really viewing our body as like body mind, you know, it's, 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 it's helping guide us through this time and space. And I think that's why we're witnessing more people like having a, a stronger relationship with their body, like with their food that they're eating or um, with their actions that they're doing, um, the clearing that they're doing, because people are really recognizing. And I think that's what's so challenging too with like Western versus Eastern medicine. It's like the Western medicine is so about the mind body, but it's not, it doesn't continue, it doesn't really carry in that spirit while that Eastern is like this triangle of the mind, body, spirit. And so that's why I also feel like a lot of these ancient practices are really coming in because as we become more and more spiritually awakened, we're seeing like while Western medicine does have its its benefits and its perks and there's a lot of things that are still missing that, you know, the ancient yogis or the ancient civilizations really have been doing for thousands of years. Yeah. Yes. And, and also just to top onto that, it's like, I'm also finding that even in the yogic and in, in a lot of the yogic texts, there's still the male voice in, and it's louder, you know, it's, it's still like, for instance, there's, a, there's a book I want to reference. It's the Magdalene manuscript. Oh, and the best. 
Right. And it's like, it's talking from the perspective of a woman who's talking, right? Mary Magdalene, her sexual energy as a path to strengthen her ka body and to actually strengthen Jesus's ka body and strengthen the ascension process, right? And so where do we hear in our culture anyone ever talking about sexual energy and like ascension and spirituality, right? Like we, I want that conversation to be everywhere, like orgasm as a portal to the divine, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting too, because I was reading this thing about like America, like when we break down America and like the last part of it is ka. And that's like, you know, you have like this Merkaba and like, this is like waking up. So this is like, when I was like that, I was like, oh, mind blown. Like, like we were the ones that we've been waiting for. Like, I think with what's going on with like even our political scene and like all this awakening that's been happening, um, even this past like month, five weeks, I think it's like, we are the ones to help with this awakening. And I think the more, and like, that's, I feel like that's why the Dalai Lama, like all this is coming right now. Like the Dalai Lama said, like the world will be saved by the Western woman. And I think the way for us to like help shift that is to like save it within ourselves and to like save us from our own self-sabotage because we're, the world is just a reflection of what's going on within us. So if we really claim responsibility and take a stand to really stand up for our health, then like, I think that's why a lot of people are really afraid of what's going on, going to happen with like our reproductive rights and um, all these things. And, you know, women are finally being recognized in a way that they should. And I mean, there's still definitely some developing countries where they're still like second-class citizens. And I feel like a lot of us had to really wake this up and like become aware of it so that we can make this change. So that's why I really wanted to like bring this conversation up to the front, to the front because it's really up to us. And it's like, women are known, are the creators. Like there would be no man without woman. And I think a lot of it's, you know, connecting with Gaia and like honoring her and respecting her and realizing that she too has cycles. And it's like knowing that cycles are part of our essence. (laughs) And so to like not beat ourselves up and to be gentle and to allow ourselves to really like be present and to honor the messages that our body is telling us because if it's the icky stuff that's coming up it's because it's it's helping us see like the part of us that needs healing from the past and it's like we're coming and learning those lessons again so that we can really be able to go forward and when you know better you do better so it's like an opportunity for us to really know who we are yeah, I love that. Um, when we know better, we do better. That's great. I want to remember that. That was, that was Maya Angelou, and she said that. And, like, Oprah is, like, my queen. She, like, always talks about that. And it's, like, that's been, like, the antithesis of my life. It's, like, me doing And that's, like, part of, like, my Virgo moon. It's, like, I'm doing research so I can make myself better. Like, I'm not learning just to learn for the hell of it. That's why I never took school seriously because it wasn't things that could make me better. And so now this is like, this is all about self-study, like studying your own sensuality, studying your own cycles, studying your own history, and how can you do better? Right, right. The, um, what you're speaking to is actually the medicine that an obsidian yoni egg brings. And uh, obsidian is this stone that is like, it shows us the root 
mm-hmm. of our patterns. So it'll show us, you know, if there's an ailment or if there's something going on, or if you just want insight on a pattern that keeps repeating in your life, obsidian is a very powerful stone that will show you the stuff. And it's not always, it's not always fun to see that stuff. It's not always, it's not easy. It's not all rainbows and unicorns. (laughs) Exactly. It can be hard. And, and, but if you have the right perspective, if you're like, okay, this stuff is coming up, you know, because I have the, now I have the opportunity to, you know, change this pattern, to eradicate this, to, um, to make a different choice, right? You can't make a different choice until the pattern is illuminated. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the medicine that obsidian brings. And that's why with a lot of women, um, we'll do, we'll do obsidian, uh, with my one-on-one clients, we'll do obsidian before we even get into the jade practice speaking to what you were speaking to earlier, because as Kundalini is rising, as the spirit um, sexual energy is moving more freely, it will give power to the negative emotions or the karmic knots that haven't been eradicated or mm-hmm. opened up yet. So often we'll, we'll do the obsidian first and, um, you know, work through a lot of the different energies of the organs, you know, anger, status, fear in the kidneys, um, really to release a lot of these stuffed and pent up emotions and do some wound clearing with obsidian and then move into the jade practice so that the sexual energy can move more freely. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing too. It's like understanding these organs in a more of a holistic space. And that's where like, when I read, I reached out to you, I remember it was because you're talking about like, oh, I did this gallbladder flush and I reached, I released like a hundred plus gallstones. And I was like, she gets it. Cause like I was in the hospital in May for gallstones. And I, it was because I got this, like, it was bound to happen. And I was having thyroid issues for the past three years. And the thyroid is highly connected to our gallbladders. But with me, it's been a lot of like the gallbladder stores, a lot of our toxic beliefs and our toxic emotions. And, um, we have, that does it prevents us from being able to detox and, and absorbing the nutrients that we eat. And so like, I remember I wasn't feeling well for like, it's about this time I was like starting to feel like shit. And I was like, Oh, something's off. Like there's definitely something's not right. And it's not okay. <laughs> and so then like, I remember I got, I was like going through this experience where like, I had this like karmic release that happened that was, I've been praying and praying to be released. And it was like an old, I feel like it was a past life kind of um, situation that, you know, was haunting me for a long time. And I was, that's where it's like the stem of my paranoia, my PTSD. And then I finally got cut off and released from that. But then three days later, I had this like massive gas pain that started in my back. And it wrapped all the way around. And I was in, in Encinitas in San Diego at one of my girlfriend's house. And I remember I was like, dude, I like feel like I have like to like fart or something. It was just like vast, like this gas pain. And I couldn't even get out of the car. And I like rushed myself to the ER. And they said I have lots of gallstones. And I was like passing, two, I passed 200 gallstones. And it's like, I know like with the... Um, it's like kind of perfect that we're having this conversation because I, the best times to really do these flushes are during the equinoxes and the solstices. And right now we're about to go into winter solstice. And so it's really the opportunity for us to recognize that there's that balance between the sun and the moon with the amount of light and the energy. So I just wanted you to talk about your gallbladder 
release story and how you've allowed yourself to really connect and be better and um, recognize the patterns and the habits that needed to be released and transmuted. Yeah, so so powerful. Um, so I, in 2010 or so, I had this spiritual awakening. I um, had my spiritual awakening, let's just say, and I started to send the most difficult relationship in my life, love and light, right? I, my mom always had a tough time with her and I always carried a lot of stuff, uh, resentment, anger, bitterness, you know, didn't really want to even have that relationship with her and went through many phases of it. But I started to like be in my meditations and be like, all right, I see your inner child. You're just a wounded child. You know, I see you that you've carried this stuff. You've, you know, I see your pain. So I was sending her love and light, but it was a spiritual bypass for me. It was me avoiding feeling all the emotions that were still stuffed and buried, even though I had made that like mental shift of like, I need to love this woman now. I need to love her and like open this channel up and change this. I still didn't go down into my body and feel all the stuff. And so so, you know, time went on and it was about last year, about this time, I went into kind of this like existential pain in relationship to my mom. I, um, I grieved the, the mom that I wanted, which was like the mom that would pack my lunches and like congratulate me on my A's and like, you know, wasn't critical of every single mistake and every, you know, I, she was held to these like perfectionist standards as a child and that came through to me and so there was this like vow to be perfect right like I've got to be perfect in order to be loved and so there's a lot of that involved and and I had last year a really healthy boundary with her where I felt like oh I came to a really good place was like I'm feeling more free in this relationship than ever before. And I see you and I love you and I celebrate you, but I still had this resentment deep, deep in there. And what happened was I had a gallbladder attack in September, uh, after a conference, after a Hay House conference. Uh, and I think some like tapping kind of like opened this whole thing up, but, um, I had a gallbladder attack and I, I, in the middle of it, I like, or I guess at the end of it, I stood up and was like, what is this? I demand to know what is this and what do I need to do to move forward? Because as you know, it's like crippling pain. It's the worst pain. It's so bad. Crippling pain. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I have had a baby and I would prefer to be in birth than to do the gallbladder again. And birth was actually not, I enjoyed birth. So it's kind of hard to compare that, but anyway, the pain was bad. So I got the message from my higher self, from spirit. Okay, this is a gallbladder attack. You need to let go and forgive your mom. You need to let go of this residual stuff. Let it go. And I was so grateful because I was like, at least I know what to do now. Because I actually had had two previously, but thought they were anxiety attacks. Didn't really know what they were. Um, thought they were my diaphragm. Thought something was different after the birth. And, um, and so... I went to work and was like, I need to heal my gallbladder. And I just kind of entered the portal of the physical healing and knew that healing my physical body will really like release all this stuff and kind of bring up the emotions as I go through the physical process. So I'll reference the book so that everyone can, uh, everyone knows it's called the amazing gallbladder and liver flush by 
Oh, what's his, his name? His name is um, Andreas. Andreas Martis. Okay, and it's an incredible book. Yes. And, I, and so I passed 100 stones just, was it last week? It might have been just last week. I passed 100 green stones from my liver, and um, I feel light. I feel clear. I have more to pass. I, mm-hmm. I feel... Uh, he says to keep doing the cleanse until you don't have any coming through. So maybe in another eight weeks, I'll do another flush. And uh, I highly recommend looking into the book, even if someone, you know, even if you don't think you have stones. Yeah. The liver is so vital. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Like, I remember when I was like going through it and, you know, drinking my, my, uh, my juice and like all that whole experience and people would just be like, cause I was, I was juicing about six apples, like six granny Sith apples a day. And then I also included beets and I included um, ginger and turmeric to like really just give me this like beautiful, like 32 ounce thing of juice for me to, to drink. Cause I really wanted to like detoxify with the beets and, with that ginger too. And that was like my whole, I was like all in it. And there were so many people that were just like, Oh, just like get rid of it. It's not like the gallbladder is like not a big deal. And I'm like, there's a reason why I have my gallbladder and I'm learning and I'm choosing to take responsibility for my past actions. So that again, it doesn't get passed down as like an ancestral karma down the line. It's like, I think that's the biggest thing for us. And like, I'm so grateful to be like a millennial, whatever that is, aware and figuring out how I can go forth and really, you know, take responsibility for my life and make myself better than I was yesterday or being able to learn. And like, cause obviously like a lot of my family, like they're not into like the stuff that I'm into, which is fine. But the fact that people just think it's an easy fix to like cut out the gallbladder. And then you realize that once you get the gallbladder removed, because you're too lazy to like take responsibility and you're too lazy to really dive in deep and like have the deep healing because I found the deepest healing during that week. Like I learned so much about myself because I was so, I was so invested in it and I really saw like the things clearing in my own life. And then you have thyroid issues if you take it out too. And that is like really preventing you from speaking your truth. And just to be able to like to cut yourself open and just remove something unless it's like like needed like if it's like rotting but just because you have so many gallstones when you're able to pass them i mean i had like five that were the size of a quarter and like the first ones were black because they were stuck in there for a long time and so they definitely varied but I mean, I, I was on standby, like my friend's dad's a doctor, an internal specialist. And he was like, I can get you the surgery. And I'm like, no, I need to, I need to do this on my own. Like that was from, that was such an empowering experience knowing that like, I was like, because I was intended, I was, I was releasing and healing the wounds, you know, that I've been carrying around. Cause it was, it was, it got to the point again, like you're talking about, like you have to let go and you have to like forgive and the person that, you know, that I was struggling with the most that, you know, that really initiated that kind of clearing, like there's so much pent up stuff with him. And it was just like, I knew I needed to get through it, but I just didn't know like the road that it would take me. And then once I was going through that, I was just like, holy shit, like there's, and then we're all the same. So it's like me healing my stuff with him was me healing my stuff with everyone else. And I mean, for me, the, what triggered that was like, you said it was Hay House. 
and like that whole kind of experience with me, it was, um, I went to John of God the year before. And like the thing that I asked John of God to like, help me clear, it's like to help, like help me heal my relationships. And of course it starts with ourselves because everyone else is, is that mirror, but like the past, you know, that I've, it's been like 18, probably 19 months since then, but it's been like really challenging because you have to allow yourself to be strong enough to go through that grit. And that's why a lot of people just numb out or they don't step into that practice and don't take that responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is the first, I would just want to say it's amazing that you were faced with the surgery and you were at that point and then you were like, absolutely not. I'm going to try it my way. And it's like, you know, our energy field, first there's something in our energy body, then it's physical. And so you just, that awareness that you just, that you just shared is, is so powerful because if we're not, you know, healing it at the root of the energy body, then it's going to manifest somewhere else. And it's going to cause other, you know, misalignments and mm-hmm. yeah, such well, a it's disease, right? So like, it's because you're at, you're not at ease. And mm-hmm. so it's like, where, what are the, what are the areas in your life that you can bring more ease and bring more grace? And I think that's like, so associated with that, it's like being in that flow of be, of understanding and recognizing that everyone's on their own journey and honoring the inner child. And it's like, I love you. Like you do you, you figure out your thing, but like, I need to do me and like heal this so that I can be fully here for you. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. Um, and the relationship work, like you're saying, you know, it's, it's a mirror. So you knew that this is really about my relationship to myself. And you know what I, I like, I, um, I keep this quote close to mind. Um, it's uh, Bethany Webster. She said, uh, forgiveness is a byproduct of your own transformation. And so. Oh, so beautiful. Yes, yeah. I love that. It's like really important because I feel like we can't just grant forgiveness all the time. Like there's these emotions that have to be released and worked through. We can't just. And then this whole we have to honor the experience and we have to like allow it. Cause that's the thing that people do. It's like, I know I was, I was like, Oh, I forgive you. But did I really forgive them? Like, it's like the actions speak that louder than the words. And you have to really allow yourself to feel that release of the chains. Yes. Yes. And then as like, as you transform all of a sudden forgiveness is this incredible lightness of being that you give to yourself and yeah. And it's like, as a, as children were taught, like, Oh, say you're sorry, forgive them. You know, it's something that, you know, with these deep hurts and these old wounds, it definitely comes from working through, you know, all these past emotions and giving them space and giving them voices and letting them move through. Mm-hmm. And then we're in the lightness, you know, cause that's, so. cause that's honoring them. And so yeah. it's like, that's part of that same thing where it's like the lesson's going to keep coming until you allow yourself to, um, you know, be fully in it. And then the lessons will come until like you've learned it and you can't learn it if you just like put the bandaid of I'm sorry, or like, I forgive you. And you don't genuinely feel that within yourself. And that's what they say. Like you need to forgive others for your own. It's not about them. It's about you because you're carrying around that toxic energy and that's gallbladder. That was that. And it's like, people don't realize with the gallbladder too. It's like the most vital organ we actually have alongside, well, other than the heart and the brain, but like the gallbladder is everything. 
Because if you're not, if you're not able to digest the nutrients that you're eating and it's all blocked, then you're not really living that healthy, aligned, kind of clear and like motivated and kind of life. You know what I mean? It's just kind of a, a murky life because you have that murkiness inside of you. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, did you have, uh, any like business breakthroughs right after your gallbladder was flushed? Did oh you my God. Yeah. I mean, it was honestly like I did my first flush in, um, I did my first flush in May. It was like May, um, I got, I was in the hospital on May 3rd. And then, um, so I started doing that flush like that, I think like on the fifth and then, um, so that was like a week long. And then that's when I was like, okay, like I know that I needed to reclaim my life, you know? And then like, I'm like my friend And then with, when I was with working with Rachel Webb, it was like, she helped me be able to, uh, like show my face again. Cause that was, I needed to forgive myself from my past. And that was stopping me from my business was that like, I had so much shame for my past and like, I know with me, like, that's why I've been so open about like my like journey and like my uses of like psychedelics and things like that, because it's something I'm really passionate about because I saw how it healed me, but I was so ashamed of it. And that's why I've allowed myself to be more vocal and stuff. Um, because I believe I've, I've seen how it's helped me. And I know there's a lot of people and like the vets, especially that, you know, that I feel we need to help them out. And so being able to like, after that was like clearing out so much stuff for me that I was really able to like feel confident enough to like start to slowly like make my way to like be myself again and not try. Cause I was like, that was the biggest thing that was hard for me was like comparing myself to other spiritual teachers. And it's the worst. It's the absolute worst, but I would be like, Oh my God, like they're all like, so like, you know, like they're all like sobriety driven, which is great. But like with me, like I, I just, I don't know. I had a different kind of path with that because I still believe in these different ceremonies and medicine. So that was something that I really needed to face and really come up with. And I mean, like doing this podcast, like I've had people come up to me and they're like, so like grateful that I'm being, I'm speaking up about the things that have helped me and the things that have worked me, especially like with my uses of like these plant medicines, because with letting them know that like, we can release the stigma. And I feel like that's the biggest thing that I really want to help and like stigma on all these different levels. Like you're helping this like stigma of, you know, like this womb healing and like the stigma of femininity. And, um, I think that's been the biggest thing that it's been helping, like the gallbladder has helped me do is heal stigma and heal that dogma and heal all of that yucky stuff that makes us, that holds us back and doesn't allow us to like be who we are. And so I think the biggest thing has been, it's helping me release the shame and it's helping me regain my confidence. And I think knowing that I was able to do it and like I've passed over like 250 of them, like I said, like, I think that's like, wow, like I'm reclaiming my own. That's been me reclaiming my sovereignty. So um, I want to, before we end, there are a few like fire questions I want to ask you. Woo-hoo. Okay, so who are some of your favorite goddesses or ascendant masters that you work with? Oh, what a question. Uh, I work with closely with Mary Magdalene. I'm sure you're not surprised. Uh, yeah, the Mary- queen. <laughs> I love yeah. her. Yeah. 
Perfect. Very masculine and Kuan Yin. Uh, Passion. Yes. Yes. That's so funny. Like I like I have this deck, uh, the Keepers of the Light from Alex Gray, Kyle Gray, and I've there two days in a row I pulled Mary Magdalene, Kuan Yin, and Mother Mary. And like those are those are two of my my goddesses too. Um, okay, so what books would you say were the most impactful when you were really diving in to your healing journey? Oh, well, I, I'm so huge on the Magdalene manuscript, but um, there's so many. Oh gosh, I probably read. I'm still I still read like five books a week, and I seriously I overindulge on books. Like some people overeat, I overread. So uh, I have to work on like putting books down and like creating content myself, like mm-hmm. not consuming and creating. But um, man, uh, I love, I, right now I'm reading the Sophia Code. Uh, nice. Incredible. The, you know, just the activations. And I like books like that that are really like interactive and speaking, you know, through. And uh, what's another book that I love? Business related, spiritual related. Anything. Anything. I mean, I mean, we're talking with goddesspreneurs here, so it's like anything goes. I love books about money. I'm really into money work. I really continuously read about women and money. And so, you know, money, uh, money is a love story, Kate Northrup, but I also like, uh, I just recently read Lucky Bitch by Denise Thomas and, uh, I love her. Uh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I think it's all important. I think that's what we're also healing too, is women being like, we're worthy to share. We're worthy enough to share our work. And that's like helping us increase our own like self-worth. And I think that's what a lot of this is doing, even with the work you're doing, like that self-sabotage. So it makes sense. Um, What does being a goddess mean to you? Hmm. Being a goddess to me, it means to be married to yourself like deeply, deeply married internally to yourself and committed to yourself and committed to your path to the point where the seeking external validation and approval is, you know, has dwindled and you are this self-sustaining wellspring of your own, you know, love, adoration, and divinity. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. It's like, that's definitely the paradigm shift. It's like, stop trying to find that approval outside and find it within you. Um, okay. So where do you see feminine leadership heading? Hmm. I'm so, I'm the igniter in my group over here. So I'm like very short sighted. My husband is like the Aquarian where he's like, he sees years. So I have always stretched to see far ahead. Um, I see women, just, you know, rising and speaking and uh, becoming more wealthy, like playing this, you know, game, I'll call it a game on a higher level. Um, We have to really get into the game if we want to make a change, which means we need to get right with money. We need to step into our power. We need to stop being afraid of being called a bitch, uh, you know, called a witch, not liked, like criticized, like forget it. It doesn't matter. You have to, you have to get big and take up space because if you don't, you know, 
X amount of people aren't going to wake up or feel you or feel your power or be moved or the planet is going to continuously be dealing with this like fracking and rape and, you know, all of this stuff. We Mm -hmm. really need to get into the game and um, re-sacralize material reality, right? Like all all of what goes on here is we're meant to be in this, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Bitch is my favorite word. So, um, (laughs) I love bitch and like, it's my favorite. I like, I love bitch. That's my, I have no shame of calling. Hey bitch. Okay. So I want to end it with what is your spirit animal? Oh, uh, my spirit animal is very much so the red tailed hawk. Beautiful. Yeah. What about it? Um, well, I, I always am visited by the red-tailed hawk and it always connects me to my higher self or to the bigger picture when I'm kind of like in the details and I'm, you know, down in just trying to figure something out or whatever the case, I'm always lifted to like, there's a higher plan. And and I kind of can see my life from the hawk's perspective, you know, okay, it's, you know, it's all happening. This is the way, you know, and, and surrender and trust and, it's aligning server yeah being the observer absolutely and okay my last question where can we find you where can we find out more about yoni eggs where can we find out all the juicy magic you offer awesome so you can find me at www.jillian with a j dash anderson and anderson is with an o-n dot com we'll have the link and we'll have the link in the description Okay, cool. And yeah, there's a link to the Jade shop there. And um, so sacred self-care tools. And there's also a link to work with me for my one-on-one coaching program. And then lots of cool stuff brewing. And I love the blog. I'm naturally a writer. So my intent is to really put out, you know, valuable content through the written word. So lots of good stuff. And you're writing a new book right now too, right? Yeah. So I just, I'm working on the proposal because I want a book deal and I've never done this before, but I want to essentially, you can self-publish or you can go for a book deal with a traditional publisher. And I'm going to try the traditional publishing route. You go girl. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. I believe in you. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and for chatting with us and I really hope all of you women out there, like you go out and invest in a yoni egg because I'm telling you, like, sounds crazy. But once you experience it, you're like, wow, why have I been waiting so long? So thank you so much, sister. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed our conversation and yeah, such a pleasure. Ah, yes. Share your medicine. All right, lady, take care. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Have a good one.